0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an ExpressBet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races up 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with Firstbet bet and reside in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700
1: The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest.
2: Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs. Talking Thoroughbred Racing. Joe Whitney and Vince Brune here in the studio. Uh, we're going to be joined uh, in a bit by Bob Rondo. Bob and his wife Molly for Giddy Up Stables 1 the 2021 long acres mile is that news to anybody at this point Vince
3: I don't think so (laughs) I don't think so the word is out well you know what Joe it was a memorable race so when you get one of those that kind of lingers a little bit
2: yeah background won the mile first stakes win for him Bob will be joining us and it'll be really good to have him on to uh, recap his career uh, mostly in racing so We've got a lot to talk about uh, out of last week and into this week at Emerald Downs. In our final segment, we'll have uh, some items of interest and uh, trivia as well. But uh, let's start with the last week recap. And right off the bat, the stretch run of the WTBOA lads on Sunday.
4: And a view from above takes them to the top of the stretch. Cobra Jet is closing
3: in now, and Juan Gutierrez going thrusters up on Cobra Jet, and Cobra Jet on the outside on the attack, and they're in deep stretch, a view from above, comes back now, on the outside Cobra Jet, a view from above, a view from above, back to win it by a hard-fought length.
2: And quite a race, uh, since the running of that race, Vince, um, I've been mentioned too from uh at least two people that you don't see two-year-olds coming back on again all that often they run kind of as fast as they can for as far as they can but a view from above
3: was sensational in the lads sure was And cobra jet you know a legitimate foe Mm -hmm. was the favorite coming off a big win in the king county express he had two outs and a view from above only had one they both ran super they were 10 clear but as you mentioned a view from above had something left when cobra jet loomed And might have even gotten a little bit ahead there uh, in Well, I think he did. I think it was close to a neck. And uh, a view from above, the familiar Grasshoppers Racing Stable and our friend Doug Stenberg. They got themselves a nice horse.
2: Yeah. Paul and Laurie Heist, Doug Stenberg, Kay Cooper, the trainer of a view from above, a son of a brage out of Deja Views, and Julian Couton aboard. That was a an outstanding win, and it looked even a little better after the Barbara Shinpo, And often uh, two-year-old Phillies run as faster, faster than the Colts in sprints. Uh, they ran, um, let's see, 117 and 1 compared to 119, so
3: a full yeah. nine lengths faster than the Philly Stake. It was, and the Philly Stakes won by Kron, Cor- and what a day for Kay Cooper, and what a day for Rick and Debbie Paps. They bred both both stakes winners and uh tremendous job yeah Karan she's similar to view from above second career out stepping into stakes company uh Kevin Orozco up and she drew off through the lane and uh it was a very impressive performance I know the time like you said Joe wasn't great but what do you want she's two for two
2: yeah and she's as you mentioned a second time starter going six and a half a tough distance uh when you're on the lead like that she beat the heavy favorite, Golden Glitter, beat her uh, convincingly at fourteen to one, and boy, yeah, the Paps just uh, congratulations. They bred both winners. Both were in the WTBOA sale last year. The Paps uh, purchased Coron back, uh, reserve not achieved, and uh, a view from above did go through the and sale.
3: Coron is, I don't think we made. it, is the Blue Ribbon Racing Ladies, which is uh, Debbie Paps-headed syndicate, then say. They did put together a nice group there after the RNA, and sometimes the best ones are the ones that don't sell. We've seen that a lot over the years, Joe. Yeah, uh, so the
2: two-year-olds actually have a chance to run again before the Godstein Futurity, at least the Washington breads uh, We've added a couple of two-year-old stakes races. September 12th, there's going to be the Washington Cup Juvenile Fillies and the Washington Cup Colts and Geldings. Sunday, September 12th, both those races, fifty thousand dollars. Great news, yeah. Both at six and a half furlongs. So, could well see those two stakes stars in action again in just a few weeks at Emerald Downs. And we had a couple quarter horse races last week too, stakes races.
3: We did, and uh, well, you know, um, CM Boomshakalaka looking mm. to become the first repeat winner. Of the emerald downs championship challenge at the classic distance of 440 yards he didn't win but he ran second but his stablemate beat him so they're both owned by chris sutton and trained by nick low that cm once in a blue moon who paid 46 bucks and that's a lot of money for a horse that's now four for four at emerald downs <laughs> and of course a- it was a horse you know more of a distance specialist shortening up so uh and they use the term uh Nick and James Wooten, the winning
2: jockey, how he closed. And he really did. He, yeah. After about uh, 8, 10 jumps, he he was in sixth place. He passed five horses
3: in that race. He did. And he was really sharp, a convincing winner of that oh, race. Yeah. So Nick Lowe, he, he swept, remember, he swept all three of our quarter horse stakes here last year. Um, so another big win for him and Chris Sutton out of Canby, Oregon. And uh, then in the John Deere Juvenile, we had a filly. Uh, named Apollinaria Prize. She was the fastest qualifier, and she lived up to the billing. Joe, she won clear. She, you know, I'm not a quarter horse expert, but that is one talented horse, Apollinaria Prize. She was only beaten, I believe, a neck for all the money in the $90,000 Grants Pass Firecracker Futurity, and then uh, was the fastest qualifier here. And she's improving, and she's fast, and she dominated. She does absolutely
2: everything right. Yes. She breaks well, and she pins her ears and flies. And uh, she's a super impressive filly. Now three for five lifetime with a couple of thirds, trained by Jose Gomez, ridden by Cesar Moreno, uh cowbred 2 two-year-old by Fast Prize Cartel, uh, two for two at Emerald Downs this year. Yeah, a Polinaria prize is... Uh, is One to follow. Yeah that is a good racehorse so um yeah 10 race card uh, good handle uh the wiener dogs on sunday and on the dogs theme the corgi show that uh we produced on our corgi day several weeks back that was on espn2 a couple fridays ago it was re-aired on espn1 this last saturday the main espn network and that's kind of a little feather in our cap that uh of all those different half-hour shows on ESPN, The Ocho, on that Friday, uh, they picked this one to re-air on ESPN 1. And, you know, it was picked up by a couple of late-night shows. And Good Morning America played clips out of that. It's that's amazing th- how many It's all the rage, isn't is. it?
3: Yeah, well, it's good for the national people to see Emerald Downs, yeah. Auburn, Washington, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think it's fabulous. And uh, that show was produced right out of the room we're sitting in that's right. here. And they did a great job on that. Cy LaBar and uh, Wes
2: Petrie um, did, uh, organized all that and did the editing, and uh, yeah, that thing is getting a lot of notoriety, so good for the track, and I'm sure we'll be doing stuff like that again next year. Hey, uh, one individual hit the jackpot pick six on Sunday for $30,000, so we'll be starting over fresh on that, so... Great stuff. And you know, we had some good racing on Sunday. We had
3: uh, three 10 to 1 winners or greater in one day on Sunday. That's right. and We had been a little bit chalky the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So yeah, I that I know your face is uh that horse makes the lead. <laughs> Pretty tough to get pa- past that horse in the stretch. You know, he he paid what? uh 40, 80, $40 and 80 cents. And then Kron uh paid a nice price 14 to one 30 dollars yeah i forget who the other one was there but Let's see i'll find that real quickly here but yeah car the car odds car. were a rolling on sunday yeah indeed oh uh cm
2: once in a blue moon was yeah, 22 to one a blue
3: moon 46 bucks right so
2: that was good to see and uh speaking of field size and stakes races uh
3: we've got some good stuff coming up this sunday at emerald downs sure do you know um We've really been stakes-heavy the last few weeks. Of course, we had the mile and the distaff staff, mm-hmm. four stakes last week. This Sunday, we got the Washington Oaks for three-year-old fillies and the Muckleshoot Derby for three-year-olds. And uh, they have drawn those races, so I'll go over here real quick. The Washington Oaks goes as race six. Both both races drew fields of ten. So the Washington nice. Oaks will go as race six at a mile and a sixteenth from the rail out. Number one, broad approval, Leslie Mowing. Our Lila Grace, Jose Zanino, Aquinas, Wayne Barnett, La Una, Juan Gutierrez, Bayacoa's Image with Alexander Marti coming down from Hastings, Curious Sensation, Eddie Martinez, Blazing Bella Blue, probable favorite Alex Cruz, Ms. Lynn, Julian Couton, Stella Zar up from the Bay Area, Kevin Orozco, Street Shadow, Javier Matias. And then the Muckleshoot Derby going as Race 8, also a mile and a 16th, one Coastal Kid with Wayne Barnett. Two, Slew's Tiswiz, Jose Zanino, Nation Heart, Rocco Bowen back in town this weekend. Mm. He'll ride Nation Heart. Four, House of Lords, Javier Matias, falsely accused up from the Bay Area. We saw this one here last year, Alex Cruz to ride. Six, Naval Escort, Julian Couton, Bobby Brinkley. The Frank lucarelli trained horse in from Texas, uh, Leslie Mowing, top executive going for a sweep of the three-year-old stakes with Kevin Orozco, Cowboy Cabin Eddie Martinez, and I didn't see that coming on the outside with Juan Gutierrez. So, fields of 10 for both the Oaks and the Derby.
2: That is great. And a mile and a 16th, a little extra into your handicapping figuring there. So, the Oaks and the Derby on Sunday, Um, Thursday's races, seven races starting at 6 p.m., And we've got a Long Acres Mile Horse back in action on Thursday, Vince.
3: We do. Papa's Golden Boy is going to go one mile in the allowance race feature. We got a strong card throughout the the Thursday. So it's really good. Yeah, Papa's Golden Boy coming back in what will be 11 days with uh, regular rider Julian Couton. I believe uh, Forest Fire also out of the mile is in that one as well. Mm -hmm. So interesting feature uh, Thursday night. Yeah.
2: Three-year-old big endeavor. Ken Persons, good three-year-old sprinter who has four wins in 2021, including one at Emerald Downs, uh, an image from the rail. He had the lead on hard to deny who ran in the mile. Oh, marvelous me from the two hole third in the 2018 mile. And, uh, you know, Papa's golden boy, uh, coming back in 11 days, going a mile. He's just a special racehorse, uh, three for three prior to the mile. And that was a gallant fourth he had as uh, we we've visualized that stretch run of the mile in our minds. Well, we visualize Papa's Golden Boy in any port in a storm running hooked most of the race. And then Wind Ribbon just Looked like he was going to run on by and win by three, and in the end, he wasn't really that
3: far ahead of Papa's Golden Boy, who hung in there and was nosed out. For That's third. a good, good way to phrase it. Joe. he hung in there. He did. and He really was battling because he was obviously getting a little tired. Maybe, you know, a little farther than he wants to go. But he was, uh, he was a very game horse. So it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back out of that mile. Probably going to be favorite. I made him pretty short on the morning line. He is definitely the most accomplished individual in the race, so yeah. it'll be an interesting feature. Yeah, Spit and Image uh, in his
2: one mile try at this meeting, twenty-three and one to the half, forty-six and three. Excuse me, twenty-three and one quarter, forty-six and three half. While Pop is Golden Boy in the mile, went twenty-two and four, forty-five and one. He was hooked, of course. But uh, last year, that horse, uh, Gary Wales, pretty much just let him fly. Mm-hmm. And fly he could. Uh, he had some just yeah. some eye-popping efforts Those last year. Those runs around
3: the turn when he was sprinting were, you know, you and I use the term rare speed. That was, it was really uh, about as fast as you can see a thoroughbred run anywhere, uh, Papa's Golden Boy. So uh And Julian Couton,
2: the horse is older, you know, Vince Gibson, the Lusk family say, you know, he might be, he's a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Um, Couton has doled out the speed a little more sparingly, but still look at all the uh, the first place uh, calls of of uh the daily racing form uh, fractional areas uh, he's, and i want
3: to tell you he got hooked hard by an did. important a storm in the mile those two did each other no favor in that race and for him to be hanging around at the end after that it says a lot he was that, that not only a talented horse but a game horse washington bred by harbor the gold out of brookie girl papa's golden boy in action
2: on thursday at emerald downs racing on saturday at six thirty as well we've got uh This week and the following week will be our final three-day weeks of the current meeting. We'll go Thursday uh, as well in the first Thursday in September. That'll be our final Thursday. So uh, looking forward to racing at Emerald Downs this week very much. Um, Let's see. uh,
3: News and notes are updated at EmeraldDowns.com. They will be out tomorrow. Okay. These Sunday race days have me uh, a little behind, but I also wanted to be able to include the the Derby and Oaks field this week too. So they'll be up tomorrow, Thursday. Excellent. Yeah. Some just
2: fantastic info there. Emerald Downs news and notes. Check that out on Thursday at emeralddowns.com. Let's see. Oh, the WTBOA sale was Mm -hmm. on Tuesday, the 24th and... Uh, A lot of stars of the future, I'm sure, were purchased. Uh, Just an excellent crowd there. Um, The gross was up. The average was up, which is always good to hear. And, uh, you know, there was Frank Lucarelli, Blaine Wright. uh, They did their normal purchasing. Howard Belvoir has been really good at picking a horse out of that sale, a horse or two. Uh, Mike Puich was there for uh, himself and... uh, and Mike and, and Sandy Gann uh, teaming up to purchase some for Glenn Todd. Uh, Jerry Schneider, who's been partners with the Marianskis and and uh, part of this game for a long time. They bought the uh, top Colt, a full brother to state champions. Could have been the Whiskey, Del Rio Harbor, and Sippin' Fire. Mm-hmm. Harbor the gold out of Bahati, and that's going to be her last full. That, uh Colt went for 46,000, the sales topper went for 47,000. That was a son of Liam's Map who was a uh, um, breeder's cup mile winner. Do I have the right say there, Liam's Map? I think I do, don't
3: I? Hip number 47, yeah. Liam's yeah. Map, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And the the one out of Bahati, that's about as sure a thing as you'll get. <laughs> they mentioned off the champion's uh, she has produced throughout the years here at Emerald Downs.
2: Yeah. So uh hey the sale happened, and, of course, those horses will be moving to uh, thoughts of breaking and training in early 2022 for uh, possible two-year-old appointments here and some elsewhere. So good work there. Um, anything else we want to add before we go to uh, and
3: welcoming Bob Rondo in? Oh, you said it, Joe. Three good days of racing this week. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the mile is over, but to me, that's, uh, things are still going awful strong here. So we're going to close out strong. We've got the Washington Cup,
2: again, the two-year-old races. And then on the, the closing day, we'll have uh, two uh, three and up races at a uh, route for the Washington Cup and the Gottstein Futurity as well. So we'll come back with... Bob Rondo, the owner of Background Hero of the 2021 Mile. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest.
0: Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days with that much free cash on the line what do you have to lose get started at first.com slash bet that's number one st.com slash bet and don't forget promo code sport of kings when you sign up and if you already have an express bet account you're way ahead of the game simply log into first bet using your username and password and you're off to the races a 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with first bet and residing in the state where such activity is legal void or prohibited national gambling support line 800-522-4700
2: Horse Racing Northwest continues, and a special guest here in the studio at Emerald Downs in our TV room. The winner of the 2021 Long Acres Mile, and noted for a few other things around town, too. Welcome to Bob Rondo. Bob,
4: good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Nice to see you again, and uh, appreciate the chance to come back and visit. I haven't been in this room for... <laughs> A long time. We used to have some some fun in here during the old TV days back when, but uh, yeah, it's nice to be back. That's right. And
2: Bob, uh, you all recognize that voice. Vince, uh, Bob's helped us out with some nice uh, uh, reads for our Hall of Fame induction ceremonies and various other things, handicapping. But uh, it'll be fun to talk
3: about the mile again, won't it? Yeah, and you said it. One of the iconic voices in Northwest sports and watching Bob win the mile. Was kind of uh, well. It was an exciting race, and I can't even imagine what it must must have been like for Bob and, and all the people he had out there to watch that stretch run. I <laughs>
4: will tell you what, Vince, my voice was anything but iconic <laughs> after that race, uh, trying to trying to get back around home. It was uh, just completely surprising a result because, uh, as, as I said immediately afterward, uh, even at the eighth pole. Uh, yep. There's no way this horse gets there, uh, you know, given the history of this race and how well wind ribbon was running. And, uh, then he just started making up ground in a final surge and, you know, Rocco got after him pretty hard and the horse was good enough to, uh, to follow up and, and go ahead and win that race. It was a, an amazing surprise. And, and I will tell you, it, it was perhaps the, the, the most exhilarating moment, uh, of my life along with, uh, you know, watching the, Birth of a child, huh? that kind of thing. But in that moment, when uh, when he got there, uh, just nothing like it. It was spectacular.
3: Yeah, it was, and I, I'm sure the buildup throughout the day. You had a lot of friends out here and family, and uh, they got to see what the mile was all about.
4: They did, and it's uh, it's great fun to uh, to introduce people to the game. And and especially have some success in so doing. But uh, we went back to the barn afterward and took a a lot of them back there with us. And 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 many of them are are very new to horse racing. And, uh, you know, this is kind of their their first exposure to it. And I think it's uh, it's great to watch them and uh and appreciate their understanding once they get next to the animals uh you know you, you see them run on t v or uh even from the grandstand but it's it's so special to get back and touch them and uh love them up a little bit and and really understand what they're uh what they're putting into this it 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 was a fun day start to finish, just awesome. Let's stay on the mile, and we've got a
2: lot to talk about with bob but uh You know, uh, there was a little get-together that I was at, you were at, uh, I don't know, 10 days before the race, maybe something like that. And, you know, I just was thinking of all the speed in the race that was signed on. and. You know, we've watched background for a couple of winters there back uh, in the Midwest, and he's done really well at Oaklawn. He's a miler, too, and it just seemed like such a great setup. And then your story the horse coming in super sharp from Arlington via Oaklawn, and the Rocco story. <laughs> uh, you know, Mike told us uh, that night he goes, boy, Rocco, he really wants to win this race, you know, he feels a little responsible for not having won the the Arlington race, losing by a head, which your horse ran so well background and and then the fact that he won three consecutive titles here and didn't win the mile, so it just really came together, and it just, that night, I just thought, you know, this horse, I know the horse, I've watched him, and uh, the way it's going to set up, and he's got the speed. You know, Mike says, well, he might be right near the pace, but even if he's a little bit off, he can pass horses. Uh, how confident were you coming in the, in the week leading up?
4: Well, we thought all along this would be a, a really nice spot for him. Uh, uh, as you say, he's, uh, he's a confirmed miler. He, he'll run farther than that. Uh, and he's actually run well at six and seven furlongs, but I think mile is a, his optimum distance based on his results so far. But uh, I, I was right there with you, Joe, at the uh, at the draw, and uh, to to see the kind of juice in this race. Uh, you know, background is run with good horses uh, back at Oaklawn and Chicago, no doubt. But uh, you don't see that concentration of speed in, in those races, and that that was a an obvious concern, I think, for all of us. Uh, I, I was scared to death at the post position draw that I was going to mm. screw that up <laughs> and <laughs> that we got got through there with the seven hole I thought was a was a nice post position for him I did not see him as far back uh, in the uh, early and mid part of the race as he was and, and I'll be very honest I was really concerned at that time but uh, he has shown the ability to uh, to, to tend to pace. Maybe not that hot a pace. He had a little traffic uh, on the first turn. But, you know, again, getting back to your question, we thought this would be a really nice spot for him. And, frankly, there wasn't a lot going on for him in the Midwest. Uh, If if we were going to stay at Arlington, uh, you know, we were looking at a mile and 316th stake on the grass, kind of a prep for the uh, Arlington Million or the – uh, mm-hmm. Mr. D, I guess they called it this year in its final year, and then a mile and a quarter in the Arlington Million on the grass, a surface uh, on which he has not run. So we thought maybe uh, the mile would be a great shot, and and you are absolutely right about Rocco Bowen. I mean, oh. he's been he's been talking the mile all season long, and now we'll win the mile, we'll win the mile, okay. and by Georgie made it come true.
2: I'm happy to hear that
4: that talk started
2: early, and Rocco was part of it because. Uh, He just added to such a great story. And, and, you know, my my take, you guys just talked about the last part of the race, but uh, I reiterate what you said, you know, I was was pretty much rooting for you. I I picked the horse, which always has a little bit, no matter, you know, who's in the race. If you pick a horse, you you don't mind looking good by picking the winner (laughs) of the race. And uh, maybe there's a wager involved or something, too. Maybe. And... (laughs) But I picked you up on the backside, and boy, I, I think it was a good seven or eight lengths off the lead, and then the far turn, uh, but then when wind ribbon, he just inhaled those two front runners, at least it looked like it, for a couple of seconds, and he made a winning move there at the 3 16 and then I picked up your horse, and he was moving a little bit, but the race pattern that day, that weekend, you know, there wasn't a lot of withering closers that were running by the speed, in the last hundred yards uh so i was looking more toward the front and then here's background again <laughs> in the last hundred wow. yards and what and uh, it was it was one dramatic finish i don't care who was involved it was a dramatic finish in the mile
4: no question i thought just a, a remarkably courageous effort by the horse and, yeah. and again rocco asking him for everything and getting it uh that, that's uh kind of a nice attribute of, of background you you know what you're going to get with him uh, he's had a, a beautifully consistent year i think what in his last six starts mm. he's three wins two seconds mm-hmm. one of which was by a head in the Hanschen uh, stakes back in chicago you mentioned when he was the best horse in the race and uh, was unlucky to lose that race yeah. but uh, he has been right there time in and time out and uh, he's a he, he's a quality horse he's a very professional racehorse i think that's the the nicest yep. thing i can say yep. about him uh and and certainly we haven't been able to say that about all the horses we've had through the yeah. years but uh, he is a, a, a standard bearer for us in that regard that, that's wow.
3: why i thought uh, watching the race again as rocco and background are a perfect team because they keep coming at you both of them you know it, when you think they like joe said wind ribbon made a, a, a move that probably wins nine out of ten times in a race wow. like that but those two, uh, Rocco and Background, were relentless in uh, in coming at you. You know.
4: Yeah, and that's a you know he had to make a three eighths, almost a half mile move, right. and and save his best for last. And you know, a wind ribbon was was getting a little short. It was it was hard to see that until the very end. Yeah. Uh, and and had he gone on with it, obviously we're all running for second money. But uh, uh, to uh, to our credit, uh, we got it done. And 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 I totally. Totally empathize with uh, with Blaine and the Seamist people and all the connections from Wind Ribbon because that that looked a lot like what happened to background in the Hanchon Stakes uh, in mm. Chicago. He did all the hard work. There was a very fast horse uh, in that race that uh, that he put away. Wound up running last as it was, and uh, and has won since then. I heard he has, and then um, uh, his name's Richie. R- Richie's in the house. Yeah. He's uh, he is the best horse. Uh, we are told that uh, at Arlington Park, uh, certainly going going shorter distances, he's won 17 times now, maybe wow. 18, I think it's 18 with, 18 now. 18 yep. with the, uh, the sprint stake win the other day. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember Rocco, uh, we ran second to Richie's in the house in a seven furlong race at Arlington. And, you know, we're, we're very pleased with backgrounds race. He runs second Rocco gets off the horse and he is fuming. He is, you know, Mike's congratulating, uh, uh, the winner and his connections. And, you know, Rocco's just going, don't even talk to those guys. You know, we, we go a mile. He will not touch us. I, he was just furious that, uh, that he, he ran a really nice second and promised that, uh, if we saw him going longer, it it would be a, a turned table, if you will, and, And that's what happened. And who knows? We might have paid a little too much attention to him in the state because he was was on the pace, and Rocco was right there dogging him the entire way around and uh, gets the lead deep, deep. That's a long stretch at uh, Arlington Park. Pardon me. And a very nice horse coming on the outside that that Rocco in background never saw Mm -hmm. that got up to win in the last jump. It looked like he was a sure winner.
2: Oh, boy. And another reason for confidence coming into the mile is – winds at oaklawn on both fast and wet. Yeah. Great racing at arlington on a synthetic and Mike Poort your trainer even said he trained really well on the grass and which you were kind of looking at uh, as a possible option. So uh you got a really good racehorse there
4: yeah you 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 find that good horses can run on most anything right take them out in the parking lot or uh, take Mm. them to the back 40 whatever they're they're going to find a way to to get it done this horse has never had any uh any excuses anywhere with the the track condition that Mm. track at uh, oakland park they they get some pretty weird weather back there from time to time Uh, that track gets very deep but it's a I don't know. It's kind of a forgiving muddy track. It's a fair muddy track. And, uh, his, his first race his maiden race. Uh, we were all oh. very keen on him mm. for that race. Uh, I mean, Tyler Bay's first time he got on the horse just said, you know, where and when, let the less go. He, uh, he really liked this horse and caught a muddy track and an outside post position got kind of left, uh, at the gate and are pinched at the gate in a six furlong race. And uh, on a day when no one was making up any ground in the mud and all of a sudden background comes out of the pack and (laughs) winds up doing a Marshawn Lynch invitation, running through horse, just bullying his way through, wound up running third, the uh, top two dead heated for the win, but uh, a jump and a half past the finish line, background is drawing away. And dare I say, I believe he was 39 to one that day and uh, and we all... We all had a wager or two on it. Me
3: and Joe, we watched Oakland <laughs> a bit and we were I think yeah. we were in the race office that day watching it and, and I met, I said, Jeez, oh yeah. Background ran pretty good. And you Joe goes, Are you kidding? Yeah, you ran <laughs> he great. He was doing figure eights and weaving <laughs> yeah. and passing. Well, and- it was
4: interesting too. We're walking back to the barn um, after the races and, and Mike's on the phone two or three times. Uh, you know, Steve Asmussen's calling, wondering what you'll take. <laughs> oh. You want to sell this horse? What do you take for this horse? Wow. Uh, those kinds of things. There was a, a lot of interest in him after that race. I'm sure based on some, some figures and so forth, uh, uh, really remarkable effort. And, uh, we, we had some significant interest in him. I, I'll say that if, if, if I was in this game for the money, uh, we would not be talking about this here today because he would have been sold after his third place finish in his first start. And I just said, you know what, uh, if people have derby fever about this horse and, uh, you know, everybody's looking for a three-year-old then, you know, why not us? Let's, uh, let, let's have that experience and let's, let's do this for the, uh, for the sake of the horse and the sake of the experience. And, uh, you know, the, hopefully the, the money will come down the road. It's coming, maybe not as fast as it would have that day, but, uh. Uh, there was uh, profound interest in this horse. I'll just leave it at that. After his yeah. first start, and then his second start going a on sixteenth, he won for fun. Um, Which and that's is so just, good
2: to see as yeah. a, a connections when your horse can go two turns you like bet. that early in a career.
4: You bet. And we we kind of thought that all along. He he's uh, he, he's got a very nice cruising speed, but he's you know he's not Papa's golden boy going to go out and just uh, blister things. Um, but he's. Uh, he, he's the kind of horse you, you like going a mile, uh, can get out there and run at a, a brisk pace and, and keep going with it. And yeah. he needed uh, every inch of that the other day. Now, That's Bob, you,
3: you and Mike picked out the horse, right?
4: In yeah, tell us sale. that story. Well, he, he didn't go, uh, he was targeted, Vince, to go through the uh, horses and training sale in Ocala. His, uh, his breeders got him Brent for Nung, Brent and his wife, Crystal, have uh, journeyman stud down in Ocala and uh Brent is a, a former president of the Florida Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association family's been involved in the game forever they stand Kozan at mm-hmm. their at their farm uh background's father and they had a uh, uh a horse named Untitled was a, a Kozan colt that uh, Brent took over to uh, Gulfstream and ran and broke his maiden by couldn't length of the stretch yeah. ran a huge number and uh, immediately had, had offers into seven figures and was sold, in fact, for seven figures. Uh, this was after, you know, we, we got wind of him, along with everybody else, and, you know, let's, let's go, go see what they want for that horse. And Mike has used a, a bloodstock gal named uh, Christina Jelm for years at the uh, sales in Kentucky and uh, in Florida as well, and uh, Christina knows Brent Fernung and the breeding operation there, and I said, well, you know, uh, he said, that horse is no longer for sale, but I've got a couple others that you might want to come look at. Cosons. And, uh, so we sent Christina up and, and she looked at, uh, the two horses, one of which was background. Uh, she sent us a video, uh, and some photos of, of both horses and truly, uh, for me, it was love at first sight. When I saw background, I just said, you know, uh, that's the way if we're going to get one of these that, that's the one we want and I, and I think Mike concurred although he liked the other one as well he, he uh, actually threw an offer at Brent for both of them that he turned down and uh, he just said okay you're on your own you want this horse and I said I really do and uh, uh, Brent didn't want to come down in his uh, established price for the horse and understandably so and we were able to uh, to make a deal and uh Christina, one of her criteria and, and one of her questions to Brent was so these guys are going to Oakland Park. Do you think this horse will uh will be competitive and able to break his maiden and straight maiden company at oakland and he said absolutely hmm. and and you know I mean what's he going to say yeah, No, he's got yeah. no chance but yeah, right. he was he was very very firm on that and we said uh, okay we'll uh, we'll take that i I really liked how he he looked uh confirmationally uh but i I mostly liked how how he moved. He's very athletic. And I, I, I think probably the best way to describe his action is efficient. There is, there's very little wasted motion with background, which I really like. And, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's how it happened. Wow. We wound up with it and it yeah. worked
3: out for everybody. Sure did. And then it, he
4: didn't
2: run it too. Did he? I don't think he did. No, he did not no. run it
4: too. He was growthy and, uh, that's, that's the reason, uh, they gelded him. Okay. Uh, brent was worried that he was getting a little heavy uh if you, you look at a picture of Kozan, he is a he was a big time two-year-old racehorse that got hurt but uh, cut out to be really special but he is a big strapping colt and uh he was a little concerned the background was getting getting heavy again with the horses in training sale in mind and he decided not to go that route uh gelded him and uh, and trained him himself and uh, wound up putting him uh, kind of on the aftermarket, if you will, and thank goodness he did. Wow. Yeah.
2: Well, that's a great story. Uh, yeah. Christine has been a great scout for Mike for several years. And uh, background went into the Bob and Molly Rondo Giddy Up Stables fold. And we talked about his beginning and his recency is great. You know, uh, that was his first stakes victory, the mile. So uh, there you go. you got that out of the way and...
4: well, that and uh, he is kozan's first graded stakes ah, yeah, winner. I didn't know that as well, which is is really exciting. you yep. know i I heard from Brent right away he's uh, uh we talk each time this horse runs, and uh they're they're very excited he he's really like this horse from from day one, but uh uh, again, get a graded stakes win is is good for everybody, really good for the stallion. And the, the interesting thing, too, is, and I was saying to Molly, as we're watching the tote board, I said, this is the first time in this horse's life he's been favored. You know, okay. no pressure here, but not only, you know, we're back in our hometown yeah. with a horse we really like, trying to win our biggest race, and... And now he's favored to, to do yeah. so.
3: And, you yeah. know, I do the morning line, and I kind of got that one wrong. But that's one thing I do look at is if a horse is yep. is always favored and seems to attract money. Of course, that was on a different circuit against different horses. But obviously, the background people showed up with <laughs> yeah, both fists. You know,
2: Vince told me Sunday night, he goes, you know, I should have switched any port in back. I should have had background at 3 to 1. I knew I should have. And then Mike said one of the reasons he went favored was – uh, all the buddies and people that followed in the Midwest, Arkansas and Illinois, they saw the five to one morning line. This is a fair price. We're betting this horse. And then boom, down to two to one. He was even nine to five a minute yeah, to post was. or so.
4: Yeah. I think there was some of that involved, although I, I, I had no issue events with your morning line on him. I, I thought that was fair, mm-hmm. uh, given his accomplishments and, and certainly, uh the great respect to uh those other horses mm-hmm. in the field uh well earned and you know there were frankly some some horses more accomplished than background going into the race and and uh i i think the the fact he was never favored is i would like to believe anyway more more a function of what he's run against that's right he's been uh, running he in has tough company run against some really nice horses yeah. Uh, yeah. A, at both places and so i i don't uh, i don't begrudge well, joe him joe and any i about. know what
3: those Oakland allowance races are like from watching that for a few oh. years. Those are salty, tough Whew. races. Damn Big paper.
4: time the, in the uh, with the COVID COVID outbreak too. I, I that Oakland meet uh, by by all accounts. Talk to anybody cool. down there. This is the most competitive meet not only that Oakland has ever seen, but this frankly is the most competitive meet in America. Wow. And uh, that was the the meet uh, in backgrounds three year old year. And, uh, and nothing changed. I
1: don't right.
4: believe last year, as the the purses went even higher last year. Uh, that is a super competitive meet at a uh, a really fun place to go. Yeah, race. they got a
3: great thing going down there, and they it's do. nice to see. They really it do. is
4: nice to see. Uh, but again, you know the the beauty of the uh, the casino infusion of money. The casino is right on track. Mm-hmm. For those of you who have not been to uh, Oakland Park, very historic track, by the way. But uh, the casino is right there. Hot Springs is very much a destination type place, uh, along the lines of a, a Saratoga or a Delmar. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they they go up there and they'll spend a weekend. Uh, the casino, uh, I think, they shut down for maybe one day <laughs> during COVID, <laughs> yeah. and then fired up again. And uh, in, in this last year, they have uh, they have built a luxury hotel. Uh, that attaches to the casino. It's on the uh, the clubhouse turn, and you can go out and uh, sip a beverage on a little veranda there and watch the horses come beautiful. right by you yeah. into that first turn. It's a it's a beautiful spot, and uh, they're not going away. Those those purses, if anything, will get even bigger this year. Their stakes program has gotten bigger this year, and so has their uh, schedule. Uh, they they opened in uh, in mid late January here to four. Right. They're going to open December third. Yeah this year so right uh, up
2: against Gulfstream yep
4: they 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 don't care who they're against uh you know they they know they can stand alone with those kind of purse offerings and you go down there and uh you're going to get everything that Steve Asmussen has uh, you know Robertino Diodoro's down there uh they Baffert. give away the money they
3: show up they, they do and, right.
4: you know by Baffert's gone down there forever oh. uh to to get horses ready for the classics and uh it is a very attractive place indeed. And,
3: and we understand that's kind of what uh, you and Mike Pooch are kind of looking at for next year, is kind of the same routine?
4: We hope so. Uh, you, know, you know, knock on wood mm-hmm. that uh, you can replicate uh, the kind of success we had this year, Vince. But uh, that's the plan. It uh, it worked out really nicely last year. Uh, we we had background out here last August, uh, nominated to the Derby and to the Mile, and he was uh, he was a kind of a sour horse by then he'd lost some weight but his feet got sore he trained uh here at emerald after training on those softer tracks in the midwest we trained him a couple of times here at emerald and he came up very sore footed and uh, we just decided you know what he's trying to tell us something let's uh let's give him a rest let him be a horse for a month or two and uh come back and try to do this again and that's exactly what we did then and and exactly what we're doing this time as well
2: perfect and we got to talk about your trainer a little bit, uh, Mike Puich. uh, you know, Mike is so loyal to his people and to Northwest sports entities. Uh, you, you know, he goes around the country. He's been, well, he's trained in so many different locales and he's always promoting the, the, the Mariners even in the, of course, the Seahawks <laughs> and the sauna, everything yeah, the local, Huskies Emerald and, Downs, yeah. you know, uh, and then, so Bob has been loyal to him because uh, you got to know T.D. McLaughlin back there at Long Acres in the early 80s. He retired, and Mike inherited some of his clients, including you, and that association is a long one now.
4: It is a long one. We're, we're talking back into the uh, late 70s. Hmm. Um, T.D. Uh, w- was was our first trainer. Mark Kaufman, the, uh, hmm. the late publicity director at Long Acres and an absolute uh, treasured friend of mine for, for many years, Mark, uh, his dad and I, uh, bought a horse, bought a yearling, uh, sensitive music yearling back in the late seventies named charging music that hmm. uh, we had and Tom McLaughlin trained. And, uh, we, we lost him in a, a claim early on. And as Kaufman said at the time, well sold. <laughs> and, and so, so it turned out to be, but, uh, that, that's started the uh, relationship with T.D. McLaughlin, uh, one of the great characters this sport in this area has has ever seen. And uh, not long thereafter, the the first horse that uh, we kind of bought out right was a filly uh, out of a spring and training sale Hmm. at Long Acres. You might remember that, Joe, way back when. This would be like 1980, 82, 81, 82 in there. Uh, they tried a spring horses in training sale, and T.D. had a Bengal tiger filly that uh, uh, he broke and trained that uh, went through the sale. And he said, I think this can, this one can run some. And we wound up going to the princely sum of $10,000 for this horse. And I remember Joe LaDuca coming up to me after the sale, and he goes, you just paid $10,000 for a Bengal tiger? What <laughs> yeah. is the matter with you? But T- T.D., TD knew, uh, knew this horse could run a little bit. And so, uh, Tom, uh, myself and, uh, and the mutual manager at the time, Gary Hallett, an old friend, we, uh, we got into a three-way partnership on Nikki Tora. Nikki and Tora. She, uh, she won her first out as a two-year-old and, and came back to be a really, a really useful horse until she got hurt in her four-year-old year. But, uh, she did some damage. She won, uh, she won down at Hollywood Park. Paid 48 bucks. Um, she I sure looking did. Yeah, good call. <laughs> good call, Vince. I, I remember that one well. And uh, uh, Mike Puich tells a great story about uh, Gary Stevens uh, wrote her uh, down south. And, you know, this is, uh, this is like November, December. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. late in our year and she's starting to put her winter coat on. And she was a little bit of a thing anyway, but just tougher than nails. And, uh, you know,. <laughs> She's running against these grand looking California horses and so forth, and Gary walks out and uh you know Nikki's kind of at the back of the stall in the <laughs> saddling paddock just with her head down and looking absolutely miserable uh next to all these uh uh shining stars from the south and by George got it done going a going yeah. a mile, kind of looked like background did the other day picking off horses and uh and winning it, uh, as you say, Vince, 20, 20, some to one $48 win ticket. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. But the next year, uh, or by then I should say, um, TD had, uh, retired from training and, and that season, which was, uh, Nikki's three-year-old year, 84. Yeah. That would be 1984. And, uh, Tom turned his operation over to this whippersnapper of an assistant trainer, 21 year old Mike Pooch. Yeah. And we said, if you believe in him, so do we. And, uh, uh, Nikki was his first winner, uh, that, that first race of the season at Emer- at, uh, at Long Acres, uh, on a, on a muddy day, $32,000 claimer. And she went easy. She came back and won again. And again, Gary Stevens, we go back that far with, with yeah. Gary who, oh. uh, who rode this horse and he always really, really liked her. But, uh, when we got Mike, his, uh, first win with her and, uh, I'd hope the Hanson stakes, uh, back at Arlington park was going to be number 500, For Michael, that would have been an absolute dream come true. We fell a head short of that, and he since uh, got his 500th win, but uh, 501 was pretty darn special, too.
2: Yeah, you know, he he has been around, he's seen it all now, you know, he seems like a young guy uh, still, but uh, Mike has been in the business, as you can say, 1984, that's a while ago, and working at Pegasus, uh, you know, traveling, running in all these different venues, and buying yearlings, I mean, he's you know, paid a million dollars for Dr. DiDomenico and so for yearlings, uh, he's a real experienced horseman now. He is, he, uh,
4: he is state of the art in my opinion. He, and he is, he is what a trainer should be in terms of his approach to the horses. Uh, you know, he, his respect for the animals is paramount and he is always going to do what is right by the horse. And there's probably not a trainer in America who said, well, I'm the same way that, that I don't believe is, is always true, but uh, Mike is a, uh, a really accomplished horseman. And as you say, you know, in all phases of the, of the game, Joe, uh, he, he's done everything uh, and he is unbelievably loyal uh, as you mentioned. And uh, uh, thankfully we, we've been uh, uh, returning that loyalty loyalty to him yep. through the years and, and deservedly. So um, I, I, sat with Mike and spent time with him at the, at the uh, Washington summer sale this week. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it was, it's really, I I call it continuing education for me because, you know, we we didn't wind up buying anything, but I love, I love looking at him and, and picking Mike's brain. He's super patient with me even now, you know, why, why do you think that, what do you see here? You know, what, what tells you this, that, and the other thing and uh, really educational for me. And, and he's, as I say, very, very patient in that regard, but it was fun just uh, uh, watching him in that environment. He's really comfortable in a, in a sales environment. You mentioned, uh, you know, the the C- Caneland sale oh, sure. been a regular at and uh, gotten involved with some very very high level horses uh, from yearlings on up. And uh, I, I I guess the the best thing I can say about Michael is I trust him immensely. Hey, um, I, I that's you know, a good place to start. What, he's, what he says goes, as far yeah. as I'm concerned.
2: Hey, on that topic of the sale, and you know, you didn't mention your father, uh, he was a horseman himself. That's uh, uh, certainly one of the reasons you got in the business back in Colorado in your younger days, and uh, you and your dad were in on a few, and he, you mentioned he was in quarter horses before thoroughbreds, but you got to be able to look at a horse pretty well. You were around a few when you were younger.
4: Well, we were, and that's, uh, I always greatly value how I got started in this. It, mm-hmm. uh, it it wasn't about, uh, gee, I want a race horse that I can go bet on and win money. It, it had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was in, in private business in, in Denver when we were growing up. And uh, when I was in college, the, uh, he and my mom decided to get into the horse business. My dad had always been a, a racing fan, but uh, thought he'd like to uh, try the uh, the ownership route and, and uh, you know, Make a business out of it. Bought a, they bought a little spread up north of uh, a old town called Longmont. Uh, it's probably mm-hmm. hours drive or so uh, north of Denver. Uh, great spot, right backing up next to the Front Range of the the Rockies. There, really pretty place called Blue Mountain Ranch, and got into it. He, he was a gentleman farmer to be sure. Uh, you know, went in with with both feet. They built a beautiful barn. And he started boarding horses and uh, had some quarter horses, as you mentioned, that uh, they raced. And there was a little fair circuit in Colorado they used to take horses to. And uh, on weekends, my brother and I, we'd go up to the farm and uh, dad would put us to work. You know, I learned how to muck stalls. I I learned how to, uh, you know, tack horses and and do those kinds of things. But mostly I learned what absolutely cool animals they are. And, And that was the foundation for me. I I fell in love with the animals way before I fell in love with the racing game and, and I, I think that's a that's a great place to start. And again that yeah. kinda of circles back around to what we were talking about before when you get people who are inexperienced in, in this in this sport and uh get a chance to go see this from the inside out, it, it totally changes their impressions and opinions of the game.
2: Nice. And uh you mentioned you were at the sale let's try and predict the future which we do so much in racing <laughs> oh, good luck on that one buying a son of kozan and maybe <laughs> trying to handicap a race at emerald downs it's all trying to see the future uh was there a horse or two that you you like the looks of that maybe we could uh, keep our eye on for next well year? again
4: i I'm, I'm sitting next to puits the yep. whole time and watching uh watching him go through but uh, we we looked at a bunch of them uh prior to the sale I, I I not as much as uh, as Michael did the day before. He looked at every horse in the sale, but uh, I I really liked the uh, the Liam's map that mm. uh, he went on. That was hip number forty. Um, this was a uh, uh, Dwayne and Sue Hop Castlegate Farm yearling. I, I think Liam's map is a really really good sire. So off to a great start nationally, and this was a, this was a really good looking individual. Big gray colt. Um, I, I thought he was impressive, and I believe uh, Glenn Todd signed for this horse. That's right. Um, but uh, I really like the looks of him; just a, a lot of substance. And I think you know, you you, you get away from from your own background, <laughs> if I uh, if I may use yeah, that term, you may, and you you go around the country and 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 you see what individuals look like. Uh, you know, and you you see the Kentucky horses, and you see all of this, mm-hmm. and you you start to understand what it takes, uh, you know, to to race at a race at a high level. Not not that you know, uh, there's little engines that could and can and do, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. uh, just the the substance of the horses you see around the country. And so I I kind of took that frame of mind into the into the sale this week, and was looking you know for those kinds of horses and and certainly i i think uh, uh that Liam's map colt was one of those i, I there were several uh, harbor the golds that i thought were were really impressive and sold you know well enough yeah, um good. i i thought brought a pretty good pretty good price and goodness knows how successful harbor the gold has been and mm-hmm. and how how respected he is obviously within the racing community here cuz uh, there was a lot of interest in those and uh, there were a couple of uh, a Braj, uh progeny that uh that, that i liked i i think it's really unfortunate that uh, that our state lost that stallion because yeah. i think he was just kind of coming into his own i think he throws a, a really fast horse um and it, it's a shame that uh abraj is no longer with us so uh i i kind of kept a uh, watchful eye on, mm. on a couple of those. But if if I had to pick one, and it's not just because he apparently was the sale topper, but uh, I thought that, that Liam's Map Colt was uh, was a really impressive-looking individual.
2: Very good. Yeah, Liam's Map won the Breeders' Cup dirt mile. And, you know, the saying isn't breeding that uh, milers make the best sires, and that's been proven out
3: pretty well. well. I, I just wanted to say one thing, too. Joe and myself and Kate Barton all work for— under Mark Kaufman, exactly. and we know how special this would have been for Mark to Mark. see you win the mile, and and that I, was
2: a great part of Mile Day, Vince. That uh, and sure you didn't was. come down to the dang winter circle, but uh, we had the Mark Kaufman purse and Bob. Yeah,
3: I was caught up with other stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I I wrote the script for it, but I didn't I mean going. to interrupt you because you're right. No, Bob and, and Mark I, I were... mentioned that to Kate, and she she yeah. said I thought the exact same thing when yeah. Bob won. I thought about Mark, and yeah. uh it's, oh, he would have. Uh, you would have loved that. Well, Mark Kaufman
4: yeah. Hoffman was the first friend I made when I moved to Seattle mm-hmm. in 1977. Okay. And uh, right away, I, I, I found out where Longacres was. <laughs> I, I was doing my job interview with- A man uh, with
3: his right priorities. Yeah, I
4: was doing my job interview with Brian Johnson from Como Radio wow. way back when. And we had been out on the east side, and he was taking me to the airport, and we were going down 405. And, uh, you know, I look out to the left of the car and I go, what's that? And he goes, oh, that's, that's the racetrack. That's Long Acres racetrack. And I said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make a mental note of that. Yeah. And, uh, I, I went to Long Acres, uh, I, I came up here, started June one and went to Long Acres that weekend and, and of course met Mark. And, uh, I, I think Mark was excited that, uh, someone in the business actually, uh, you know, had a uh had some background there's that word again mm. in in mm-hmm. in racing and so we we had a natural attraction uh in that regard and and Mark and I got to be absolute best of friends uh he left us far far too yeah. early and uh he was he's a, always on my mind i think of Mark often often oh. indeed but uh, curiously uh the Bob day before i went back
2: to uh in, to kentucky to Louisville in 95 to yeah. make the arrangements yep. for when Mark passed, you were right back there and for uh, the family
3: was, and took care of all that. So It was a I see Mark's plaque outside my office every day, and I think about him a little yeah. bit, too. He was you only bet. 48 when he passed away, yep. or 47. Yep,
4: down working on the Derby uh, press mm-hmm. crew when he had a the, the heart attack driving home from the hotel that night. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, oh. Interestingly enough, the uh, day before the mile, the Saturday before the mile, uh, Mark's son Nathan, who is uh, our godson,
3: doing great mm. by the way,
4: and doing great was uh, was back in town from New York uh, with his wife and their their four-year-old son, and uh, we had a very nice afternoon with with Nathan and and Ashley and little Harvey, who is named after Mark Kaufman's mm, father, yeah. the late S. Harvard Kaufman, who was a dear friend as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was a there was a lot of. Uh, a good mojo I think going on uh mile weekend for all of us and uh uh mark was there, yeah, yeah. he understands it uh uh it it would have been so thrilling oh. though to to have him there uh in the flesh would have been magical
2: he yeah he as Vince said, and we all agree he really would have loved seeing you win and when you did background winning the twenty twenty one mile is a great story and uh to finish it off, that race was such a dramatic ending. Uh, no matter who was involved, once again, but background did get it for Bob and Molly Rondo, Mike Puich, Rocco Bowen. We've got a lot of Husky sports questions, <laughs> but we don't need to go into those today. Uh, you know, you could say one more thing. Uh, Mike Puich was on the Steve Bick show, and they kind of talked roughly about Pegasus, but in nowhere did they uh, did Bick realize. The, the absolute quality, uh, world-class venue that Pegasus Thoroughbred Training Center is in Redmond. That place is unbelievable, Bob.
4: No question. I've been around the country, and if there is a, a better facility, I haven't seen it. But uh, it certainly is the the finest facility of its kind, in my opinion, on the West Coast and, and probably this side of Kentucky. Yeah. They have... Uh, uh, Everything you could possibly want. And a lot of it is a reflection of uh, Mark DiDomenico mm-hmm. uh, and his medical background. He is a very forward-thinking uh, individually in terms of applying uh, science to uh, the racing game. And the facilities at Pegasus are are reflective of that. Oh. Um, their 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 training facility is is second to none. That's a beautiful all-weather training track, five-eighths mile training track. Uh, that our horses have spent a lot of time on, uh, getting ready. But, uh, you know, the, the day after the, after the mile, uh, Michael came down, picked up background and, and took him back to the farm, sent me a photo of him in the, uh, in the horse spa out there, you know, knee deep in circulating salt water and just loving every minute of Beautiful. it. Uh, the Eurosizers out there, uh, are, are a fabulous, fabulous alternative to a hot walker. Uh, you know, the horses really like it, but, uh, you know, uh, you can, you can swim your horses. They've got an aqua treadmill. They've got the pool, uh, and just wonderful rehabilitation facilities as well. It is a spectacular, spectacular place. And I, uh, I encourage anyone, uh, if you've got a horse that, uh, you need a place for, it needs some, some rehab of any kind, or it needs to be trained up, I, I can't, imagine uh, a better spot than pegasus yeah
2: that's that's a good good ending right there because uh, they've been involved well mike's been farm trainer there since i think around 2008 and uh, he's learned a lot by being there as well so background won it, in Vince, when uh bob came in the front door there phil saw him jack saw him coming in they both jumped out of their office and just said what a great race that was this year and you know congratulations again and again it just uh super horse race and you won it so congratulations well and
4: uh just big thanks to uh, to both of you and it's, it's it's great to be get get together here and and chat a little bit but uh, uh i just want to know want you all to know how uh, how special you uh you made our weekend we were treated beautifully and and welcomed beautifully and uh just had a fabulous and, and memorable day great
3: yeah it was a great day
2: Bob Rondo joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, recapping a memorable 2021 Long Acres Mile once again. Thanks,
4: Bob. My pleasure, guys. Thanks.
1: The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse
2: Racing Northwest. Uh, so great to have Bob Rondo here in studio. Part of Horse Racing Northwest. Uh, you know, he has done. We didn't even touch
3: on his husky broadcasting career, but uh, we had a lot to talk about racing-wise, Vince, with Bob Rondo. You know, and you mentioned it, Joe. What a knowledgeable man, yeah. and in racing, you know, he. But you said he really has the eye for talent. And it's no accident he's come up with some of these runners over the years, but uh, just a great guy to have in our court for uh, you know uh, uh, for thoroughbred racing. No, definitely. You know, it's uh, people say, "Boy, if a guy like Bob Rondo's interested, this must be a pretty darn good sport." Gets us a lot
2: more eyes uh, downtown and uh, in media circles with him involved. That's for sure. He, um, there's been a statewide. Uh, Department of Health order, uh, if you are indoors at Emerald Downs, you wa- you must wear a mask now, beginning this week. You must wear a mask on any indoor areas. And if you're not fully vaccinated, you are required to wear a mask at all times in public settings, which is Emerald Downs Racing. So keep that in mind and uh, we'll all have a good time. Uh, some promotions coming up. Um, Italian Day, September 5th here at Emerald Down. Sunday, September 5th, we're going to have an Italian Day. And, of course, part of that's the pizza eating contest. Uh, Indian Relay, the Muckle Shoot Gold Cup, in effect this year. We're going to have it. Uh, September 10th, 11th, and 12th. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, September 10th, 11th, and 12th. Of course, there's no racing on Friday, September 10th. No live racing, but we will have Muckleshoot Gold Cup qualifying heats. And we will start those approximately the similar time that we do start our live racing on weeknights, of about 6 p.m. That'll be free admission on Fridays for the Muckleshoot Gold Cup, the 10th, 11th, and 12th of September. And we have had a lot of memorable events there. It's just a marvel at the horsemanship involved in those riders and horses bonding together. Great action here at Emerald Downs. Muckleshoot Gold Cup returns. And, uh, again, the, uh, Washington Cup starts on Sunday, the 12th with the two-year-old races. If you'd like to play in the Emerald Ga- Emerald Downs golf tournament, it's a scramble. It's Thursday, September 9th at Auburn Golf Course, 8 a.m. shotgun start. Get a foursome. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, uh, yeah, you can play, um, we do have a somewhat limited amount of tea time, so send your entries to trivia at emeralddowns.com if you're not a uh, registered a licensed horse person here in the Washington racing industry because many of you have been notified of the golf tournament. Thursday, September 9th, 8 a.m., shotgun start. It's a scramble and the tournament at Auburn Golf Course and lunch at the Quarter Shoot Cafe afterwards. That's part of your entry fee. 55 dollars per person send your team to trivia at emeralddowns.com all
3: right uh any back and forth items for you i got a couple here today sure you know, uh, last week we mentioned joe that uh, we got a first time in a while we got a jockey's race which we do cruz mm-hmm. alex cruz 61 julian Couton 59 juan Gutierrez 53 we also for the first time in a while have a race for the leading sire uh-huh. Um, as we begin this week, Harbor the Gold with 15. Of course, our all-time leading sire here at Emerald Downs. Abraj, just two back with 13. Coast Guard also with 13. And Nationhood with 12.
2: That is a great battle right there yeah. for top sire at the meeting. Yeah, that's much closer than most years. Here's one for you. The only time that the lads and Shinpo had been previously won by the same trainer in the same season. Of course, Kay Cooper pulled that off on Sunday with A View From Above and Quran. Her father, Jim Penny, mm-hmm. in 2005 with Chestnut Lady and School and You. And of course, Kay was basically the day-to-day trainer of those horses at Emerald Downs. And Jim was the overseer, but uh, it's only happened one other time. Same family, chestnut
3: lady in school and you. That's great. And uh, Kay is the ninth trainer to win uh, two stakes Mm. in the same day at Emerald Downs. Uh, Blaine Wright's had three in a day. He did it twice a few years back. Okay, let's see here. Oh, you know what today is the 36th anniversary of, Joe? 36. That would go back to
2: 85.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well... Mm, Gilco Scamper won that year at Long Acres, I know.
3: Close, no? Chum Salmon winning the mile. ah. as the only Washington bred in 1985. Another iconic race in Washington racing history where he closed from dead last under Gary Bays. And uh, won it, I believe, paid 1940. But that was a tremendous stretch run 36 years ago today. We're taping this on August 25th by Chum Salmon.
2: Yeah, that was uh, a memorable race in this state's history. Jerry Schneider, River Bend Farm, and uh, the Chum Salmon Group owners there. Hey, the uh, all four uh, two-year-old stakes this year have been taken by a horse that was at, in the WTBOA sale of 2020. Cobra Jet, Slack Tide, A View from Above, and Quran were all offered in the sale. Three of them were purchased, and Quran was a buyback, as we mentioned, by uh, Debbie and Rick Pabst and uh, Debbie. Uh, formed an ownership group for Quran, So keep an eye on that sale.
3: That's great. It pays to go to the sale.
2: Yeah, indeed.
3: Vince? Okay, Saturday, this Saturday race seven is on the surface, a kind of a nondescript race. These are three and up, non-winners of two lifetime, $2,500, the claiming price. That's basically the lowest condition we have for non-maidens here at the track. But there's a couple interesting horses in there. Uh, Stanley Ryder, this is his 17th straight try at this condition. He, so, uh, one of these days, Stanley is going to get up and then continue on Victor. He has run seven times, Joe. He has broken slowly in all seven oh, career huh. starts oh, and he's course. got a little bit of a stretch kick too. So, uh, he's got a little bit of a shot in there, but so, uh, Stanley Ryder and continue on Victor, uh, horses to watch in race seven on Saturday. I'll give him a little extra route there.
2: Okay, uh, Apprentice McKenna Anderson, the 22-year-old from Vashon Island, won both her mounts last Thursday at Emerald Downs. She won aboard Cards and Coffee for Scott Freeman, and uh, then she picked up a mount on Lolly Express for Billy Christian and brought that horse up the rail, 7-1, to 5-1 to one winners, and she had a stretch of winning four out of nine mounts did... Uh, Previously unknown McKenna Anderson, and it's you know you're starting to get ready to use that phrase "horses run
3: for this girl." Oh. By the way, I, I believe you picked that horse.
2: I picked Lolly Express on the, on the
3: podcast. Did you not?
2: Yeah, well, yeah, er, yeah. Well, I did have him start on the website as my top pick of the day. I think day. you did. So okay. in
3: any event, yeah, that was a nice pick, and yeah, what a ride there. You know, up I, the rail. I saw that Lolly Express around the turn. We said going in, it was an interesting competitive race. I said, well, that horse looks kind of loaded there. Where, where's she going to go though? Yeah. And, uh, cause Julian Couton, I believe was directly outside of it. And darn if she didn't go up the rail and get the win. Nice run by both the jockey and the horse there, Lolly Express. And yes, Joe McKenna Anderson has come quite a ways in her young career. She really? is really, you know, opening a few eyes around here. So nice work by her. Um, Okay, yeah, Christine's Jack won race two on uh, last Sunday by 20 and three-quarter lengths. (laughs) Yeah. That's the biggest margin of the season. Second biggest in track history, Fantastic Day, had a maiden win of 22 and a half lengths here last year.
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, that was uh, quite the dominance, Christine's Jack. Uh, Leading stakes among jockeys, it's uh, Julian Couton. Has four stakes, wins after his... Score aboard a view from above on Sunday. Four wins from 13 mounts, seven of 13 in the top three. Uh, Kevin Orozco has an outstanding percentage. He's won three stakes from just six mounts. Alex Cruz and Juan Gutierrez both have two stakes wins. Trainers, Blaine Wright is the only three-time winning stakes trainer so far at the meeting. He's three for 16, nine out of 16 in the top three. Kay Cooper and Vince Gibson. Both have three starters and stakes and two wins so they're they're doing well from
3: their limited starters okay and uh, Thursday this race five on Thursday is a really interesting uh, ten thousand dollar starter fifteen thousand claimer for Phillies and mares the overall record uh, the six horses in the race have combined for 19 Emerald Downs wins. Wow. Uh, Bellows back is four for four at Emerald Downs all this year. And Lady Campbell is four for five at six and a half furlongs. So something's going to have to give in uh, race five on Thursday. Yeah.
2: That's a good heat. Again, some good racing on Thursday, seven races starting at 6 PM. Okay.
3: Uh, you got any more? I'm done with my. That's about it for me. Just wanted to mention Saturday is Travers Day at Saratoga. They got six grade ones and one grade two on that card. The $1.25 million Travers. So fun, uh, if you're out uh, before our evening card, lots of good action on Saturday here at Emerald Downs. Definitely,
2: yeah. Essential quality is uh, the top name, of course, in the Traverse. All right, on to trivia. Uh, our last week's question, in the six, in the previous 16 runnings of the Long Acres Mile, named the only favorite to not finish in the top three. Of course, background was the favorite this year and won. But it's only happened one time where the favorite hasn't finished in the top three in the, pa- in the past 16 runnings. Russ Nakagawa, he is the man. In fact, I uh, emailed him. He's the winner this week. I emailed him, Vince, to have him write a few questions for me because he knows, Russ all, is the awesome. ones, yeah. he knows all the ones I asked. Good work, Russ. Uh, politically correct was his answer. 2013, politically correct, did not hit the top three in the Long Acres Mile. So the favorite has run well. And the local horse ran great again this year. The top local horse has really been performing well in the mile, in the Emerald Downs era especially. And that was Papa's Golden Boy this year, a gallant fourth in that 11-horse field. So Russ wins last week the new question, and send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. And you'll win a shirt or a cap from Emerald Downs. Russ has uh, got a lot of clothes that he could, Collect Anyway, the, this week's question. We just ran a couple of six-and-a-half furlong two-year-old stakes this past weekend, one by A View From Above and Quran. What's the fastest time in Emerald Downs history at six-and-a-half furlongs for a juvenile? The fastest two-year-old time at six-and-a-half furlong in Emerald Downs history. It's been a few years since that mark was set. There's a clue. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. Vince, let's have another great week.
1: Yep, look forward to it. Good luck to everybody.